and you're listening to Cinema Parlor. Stacy, how you doing over there? I'm doing good. Give 13 seconds of silence. You know why? No. Friday the 13th. A joke. Melanie, how are you? I'm very well. How are you going? I'm doing all right. You know, we're living it up. We're enjoying this special Friday the 13th holiday, and we're here to share it with you all. So on today's show, we have Friday the 13th, Jason Lives Part 6. Is it only a holiday for horror fans? I think so. They get their kill on, you know? Yeah. Well, before we get into the movie today, the burning question on everyone's mind, what are we drinking? Melanie, what are you having today? Well, we're... Okay, so I made margaritas, which you guys had during the film. I have a little bit of soju, and then I'm having... I just had that plain, and then I'm having some... This is going to sound... I don't know, like snob soda corner. I really like the Zevia soda flavors, so it's yeah. sweetened with stevia, it's zero sugar, but I have a cherry cola. During the screening, I was drinking a cream soda. How was there booze in them? No. That is not within the spirit of what we do. Soju, ha- soju is like, uh, it's like Korean vodka or Korean sake. I have a kind of a strange concoction that I've came up with today. So I'm having Coca-Cola makes these little energy drinks that have coffee in them, and I quite enjoy them. So what I'm having today is their dark blend, and I have decided to mix that with Wild Turkey 101. It's fine. I like the drink, the coffee Coke drink by itself. It sounded so gross to me whenever, and I don't like energy drinks anyways. It's not my mm-hmm. thing. That is super tasty, the dark blend. I haven't had yep. any of the others. So good. Whenever you mixed it with the whiskey... It totally neutralizes the coffee. It did, yeah. So it's the weirdest thing. Like, so basically, I'm just drinking whiskey and coke. It still smells yeah, it's like still, you coffee. can still smell the coffee. But, but yeah, for anybody out there who hasn't tried uh, the coffee coke energy drink mix, it's pretty good. I would also recommend the caramel flavor. I, I messed up a little bit, but well, you know. You, <laughs> Do you think it would have blend, blended better with like a vodka? Uh, I mean, that's a fair question. Kahlua in that. Mm, yeah. Maybe even like rum chata. Ooh, yeah. I love a sweet thing. Are we ready to start talking about the film? I'm ready. If if you guys are ready, I'm ready. Jason belongs in hell. I'm going to see he gets there. Tell us about this sixth film. It came out in 1986. This is the 35th anniversary of the film. This movie was a response to fans who hated number five. Five was pretty divisive. Only filmed in the series to not feature Jason. You still get the hockey mask and the imagery's there and ghost Jason for what it's worth. They bring Jason back, titled Jason Lives. I, I think you start getting into these high concept films once this one starts because all the following films are very... They get away from the formula. In a the, big way. This one's not as much because we're still at a camp. We're still... I mean, it's Jason back to his roots Seven, which me and Nolan enjoy and we'll cover eventually. I love me some some telekinesis, mm-hmm. Jason. But it gets it goes off the rails and then Manhattan and Hell. And yeah, all of them are like super high concept, getting away from the basis of the initial idea. Mm-hmm. And, and this one kind of starts with that, with supernatural Jason, you know, zombie Jason. This also is kind of an iconic film. This holds similar ground to Nightmare 4. Where I think when people think of Jason movies, they do think of the, you know, unkillable zombie Jason. A lot of that has to do with, you know, this film. 
This movie got a lot of play on MTV. The build-up to it, the Alice Cooper did the uh, soundtrack. The movie did have the unfortunate luck of most of these movies, when they came out, they were spring releases. This one was a summer release, so it was going against heavy-hitting genre films, such as Aliens, I believe Cronenberg's Fly was coming out soon, Poltergeist 2. It had a lot of competition, it still made, I think, $19.5 million, something like that, off of a very small budget. So obviously it was successful enough to continue the franchise. It was kind of the start of a downtrend for the series. Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives, directed by Tom McLaughlin. McLaughlin? He's probably most famous for his TV work. Sometimes they come back. Mm-hmm. I think that was the early 90s, which was a TV movie. And he also directed a number of episodes on the Friday the 13th TV series, Kill or Be Killed. Determined to finish off the infamous killer, Jason Voorhees, once and for all, Tommy Jarvis and a friend exhume Jason's corpse in order to cremate him. Things go awry when Jason is instead resurrected, sparking a new chain of ruthlessly brutal murders. Now it's up to Tommy to stop the dark, devious, and demented deaths. That he unwittingly brought about. I have to read names. Tom <laughs> Matthews. He plays Tommy. Jennifer Cook as Megan Garris. David Kagan. Sheriff Garris. Carrie Noonan as Paula. Renee Jones as Sissy. Tom Friedley as Court. I'll just name a couple more. We have CJ Graham as Jason. Darcy DeMoss as Nikki. You're missing the biggest star in the film. I'm sorry. uh, Tony Goldwyn plays Darren. Darren, okay. He's the bad guy from Ghost. Do we want to give a little bit of background to Tommy Jarvis before we Mm. get into Nolan's notes? Yeah. So, Tommy starts out in part four, Mm -hmm. and he's the little brother who, most notably from our previous episode, looks at a pair of boobs in a window. And he he really, (laughs) it really gets his dander up. I feel like we talked about that. Did you say dander? Gets you. I'm trying to make you no, crazy. Before we go on. Dander, it's, uh, to get your dander up is to cause someone to become angry. He wasn't angry. But okay. I think there's another definition to where it's, like, agitated, which you could say in a form he, he was, was he was physically. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's it stands. A lot of, okay. Personally. Preteen boners. Yeah. It, you feel a lot of emotion, so. Look, there, there was a lot going on, okay? He was... He was excited. Do you have a lot of angry erections? What does it mean to have an angry erection? It it sounds like nothing good can come from an angry erection. I can't say I've had a lot of those, no? So, Tommy Jarvis starts out in the series. He's a young boy. He's peeping on girls in windows. He's working on special effects. And he Mm -hmm. takes on Jason and ultimately defeats him. He comes back, a little crazy, goes to a halfway house for disturbed children teens i suppose and that one he kind of becomes a serial killer by the end of it but they retcon that they do and then we meet him here again he busts out of uh, they don't really mention five in this film that's kind of like brushed away well it does say that he spent some time in a mental health facility and that he escaped Before we get into this, what's your favorite version of Tommy? Oh, is it four? Absolutely, absolutely. Corey yeah. Feldman. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm here all day for that. Yeah, no, that's that's my call too. I agree. Love that. So here we go. Friday the Thirteenth, Part Six. Jason lives. Tommy Jarvis and some weird guy chewing on a straw. 
Grave digging time. <laughs> Maggot ridden Jason. Tommy loses it. Kills Jason's dead body. Wait. Kills his dead body. Yeah, he, he wants to make sure it's dead again. Okay. What else is he doing? You know. Well, he says he's going to cremate. Oh, yeah. So he, that's... that's true. Lightning strikes. Zombie Jason is born. Jason destroys straw man. Rips the heart right out. That's one of the more graphic kills, I would say, in, in the film. I like this opening. It, it has a lot of uh, old school universal horror vibes. It's got a little bit of some Night of the Living Dead vibes to it uh, as yeah. well, which are yeah, fun. There's some Frankenstein Night of the Living mm-hmm. Dead. For, for me, we'll get to this at some point, but the thing that stands out to me as a youngster, like I never really truly watched these until like I was in my late teenage years, early 20 Again, years. Yeah, you were very guarded. Yeah, but these were on AMC a lot mm-hmm. as I was growing up. And I would always, when I would turn through channels, I would always, the paintball scene would always be on. And I never understood what was happening. I was like, very strange. So, yeah. Because even the music during mm-hmm. that part is it's very, very like, zany. Mm-hmm. As I said, it's not going to make sense either way. My notes are, you know, how they go. I'll just, yeah, Jason Jason destroys straw man, rips the heart right out. Uh, sh- Tommy meets the sheriff. Uh, the sheriff calls him uh, Junior. Can I interject? Yeah. What do we think of the opening? The James Bond reference and the the music and everything? Pretty solid. I, th- I like how... It's a little bit more jazz band. This music. one for sure, like, even with the music, like, never takes itself too seriously, mm. which I enjoy about it. There's almost, like, Mickey Mouse saying, yeah. especially in the paintball scene, mm-hmm, like, the mm-hmm. music is so silly. And, Definitely. But... To this point, like, it's, it's playing with parody a little bit with this movie, which I think is... I mean, we break the fourth wall. Yeah. We... Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the first modern, you know, postmodern horror. Nine years before Scream and, right. what, seven years before New Nightmare. It doesn't take itself too seriously and it does play with genre conventions and it's very tongue-in-cheek. And it's, it's... There's a lot of visual jokes, too. Yeah. yeah. It knows what it's doing. I mean, it's, very it's fully aware. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah... I, I've always, just a side note on me, I've always been fascinated by someone who's been called Junior. So this was a really funny moment for me when uh, the cop calls Tommy Jarvis Junior and his detective, or sorry, his deputy also calls him Junior, which Mm -hmm. I loved. (laughs) Camp Forest Green. So that is the uh, camp. It used to be Camp Crystal Lake. They have changed the name to try to, uh, you know, take away all the bad that was before. Timeline wise, this is in the future. This is 1990. If you're going by Which the, I wouldn't have known until you, you said that to us while we were watching. Very but true. it is 1990. American Express joke, classic. Yeah, don't leave home without it. Mm-hmm. Also, that's where the great Tony Goldwyn, bad guy from Ghost, dies. I love that whole segment. That's it's so good. That's our... mm-hmm. Darren, we better turn around. Why? Because I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. Yeah, popping the tire. We meet an eccentric grave worker slash grave digger. Uh, he's really teed off about the grave getting dug up. I would be upset too. Feel that energy. I mean, he's he's got to do all that work to put all the dirt back in. That would be very. I, I mean, I would. I could never be a grave digger for mm-hmm. me. No one goes to a graveyard at night to do anything that's on the up and up. It's it just always it just causes trouble. It's not good. No doubt. No doubt. We meet some paintball masters. They get dunked on by a lady. They feel so ashamed. She should have stayed in the kitchen where she belonged. 
That was a quote from a man who got paintballed. Well, it's like a corporate outing where it's team building, essentially, where they're That's right. murdering mm-hmm. each other with paintball guns. Yeah. And, and when they get paintballed, they have to wear a uh, bandana that says dead on it. Yeah, you like the visual gag with that, where it's like dead and, of there's, course, there's they a, die. There's a lot of that type of humor in this. 30s, 40s, Three Stooges Abbott Costello type mm-hmm. humor to it. The whacking of the heads right after that. You led right into Jason Kills, all of the paintballers, except... For one milk toast random hero. So, quick side note again, what happens to milk toast random hero? Because he like he sees all of his friends die. Jason comes after him. He runs. Well, he shoots him first. He does shoot him he with gets, a paintball. He gets a couple paintballs on him, and he runs away. And like we, we, s- we see Jason's foot. Yeah, his feet following him. But well, since it's a company see... retreat, do you think he becomes the new CEO? I mean, that's that could have happened. He escaped. Wait, it's just him, same outfit, Jason, yeah. full with a tie. Mm, yeah. And like, anytime someone tries to ask him for a raise, he just lifts up his machete. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's okay, boss, sorry. And they just scoot it. out of there. And then he comes back down. I'm See, good. I'm thinking we could have got like a stellar spinoff, like Wall Street type movie mm. from this where the man is haunted. Sure. By his encounter with the Jason. Yeah. Which leads to cocaine addiction. I'm whores. I'm well, like, no, I like I like the playful version of that where he gets away. He mm-hmm. he appreciates his wife, his life, everything. Yeah, he's like so thankful about everything, and now. he gives him the confidence. That's true. He won it all at his company. Yeah, he he's like, I out. just won. But he doesn't need to be CEO. Jason can have it. That's fine. Yeah. And then I'm going Jason... for that Oliver Stone spinoff. Well, either way, I like to believe that the man lived because he looked okay. He looked like the type. This man looked like the type who took took the paintballing very seriously. So, I mean, he was, like, doing somersaults and jumps through the woods. And, like, all I'm saying is he looked like he might be able to escape. Jason's a slow guy. He's a lumbering guy. I feel like this guy... He has it. He just saw his friends die. And mm-hmm. I think he, I like to think that he lived. And I like to think... I like your story a little more than yours, Stacey. I'm sorry. Here's I, my thing. I like to think that he just was, like... Man, I, I got lucky here. He, he has to appreciate every mm-hmm. day. He has to live life to the fullest because he almost got macheted just right out of existence. So I really like that. But I think if Jason were to become CEO, in my mind, it's very much a business like Gremlins 2. He's mm. in the tower and mm-hmm. he controls all of this. What you guys are selling is the like a Hallmark Christian movie. So you think it went downhill for him? Like, I, I, Yeah. He spiraled. Okay. He spiraled. Like that might say something about just like the just a base level of where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Either way, I think he survived. Court, uh, we meet this beautiful boy. Uh, he's telling kids about Native Americans, and it's a real delight. Um, as he's like, <laughs> I don't know how to. He's got a pile of rocks that he's like, yeah. Is it one of the true first mumblecore performances? It's probably it's so. so. It's so. Funny. It's so great. Court is by far the, I mean, I wish he was the final girl for being mm-hmm. completely He should have been. I wish that it was just him and Tommy and they went off together. Like, if Court was the final girl for this, I enjoy this movie. It's not like one of my personal favorites, but yeah. it would have really like upped it for me. He's mm-hmm. the most entertaining one. Yeah. He's entertaining. He's, He's a good actor. He's real good looking. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no doubt. Uh, okay, so we're back. Uh, we see some more of the drunk grave digger. Um, 
he's the next best thing to Crazy Ralph. Um, he is a stand-in for Crazy yeah. Ralph. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, he says, I can't remember the line. He's he 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 says something that deals with farts. Um, I don't remember the line exactly, but uh, he calls him like a fart head. Car- yeah, yeah, uh, fart head. Mm-hmm. He just calls him. A fart I think head. that's right. Yeah, talking about the kids messing with the grave. Yep. And uh, here's another one of our like. Funny in-your-face jokes that works, but uh, Ralph has... Or, I'm sorry, I called him Ralph. I don't know what his actual name is. I think it's just Caretaker. Yeah, the Grave Digger. He has a uh, bottle of whiskey that he's been... um, Nursing all day. Drinking the whole movie so far. And he makes a joke of... (laughs) He's really drunk at this point. Basically saying that (laughs) the drink's gonna kill me. And then he tosses the bottle. And he waits to hear the, the smash the bottle. Well, he doesn't hear it. He turns around. Jason caught that bottle. Broke it off. And, well, he kills him with a drink. So, you know, he always knew he'd go that way. Which, this it's such a quick scene. You don't, you don't get to see, which I think this is one of your complaints, Nolan. If I, we'll yeah, I really, yeah. Later. yeah, yeah. The kill is really cool because it's the, what do you call it? Like, it's not, it's not a handle. What is it? What size uh, of? No, it's. Anyways. Yeah. It's like a flask size yeah. bottle. Mm-hmm. So he, whenever he catches it, he breaks off the bottom half. And he's got the top with the spout. He just uses that to drive it into the That's neck right. of the grave digger. A little spurt yeah. of blood that comes through the bottle. There's a lot of deaths like that in this. You don't get to see it, but if you if you watch, it's like a flash of like, oh, that looked pretty cool. Right. And for me, this is like a real sad part for me because my two favorite characters, the grave digger and um, Court, both really get it back to back. So up next, we have Court's sex scene in the RV. And this is quite the scene. So him and his lady are just having a good time. And there's a pop song playing on the radio. Melanie, please explain this. She's on top of him. We would say riding. Mm -hmm. But she's more just thriving and dancing on him. It's not sexual. It's the least sexual sex scene. And she keeps moving her hands almost like she's on elliptical. And she's twisting his tank top and stretching Mm -hmm. it out really far. And at one point, it's curled up to where you can see his breasts and his nipples are exposed. Mm-hmm. You don't see anything on her. That's I don't true. even know if you see her underwear. Uh, yeah, there is no, like, clothed. what you would consider nudity in this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she tells him that just lasts until the end of the song. Yeah, and he's thinking, like, oh, man, this is he's a like, pop he's song. Like, it's like, three minutes. We've I, been going for, like, a minute and I'm a ready half. to go, you know? Yeah, I got this. She's like, it's ten more minutes. So... I called this course, Court's Last Ride, um, so <laughs> there you go. And that makes his end with his death, too, because he ends up driving the RV. So uh, court, Court's Last Ride or the RV Massacre. Um, so Court and his lady end up both both perishing in this. Uh, when he starts driving and she gets pushed back and she's walking back up and then Jason comes out of the bathroom and then drags her in, I really like that bird's eye view shot. Real quick, I'm just going to go on a quick side tangent here. So, the song gets cut short. Everything's yeah. powered through the generator. Someone unplugs it. Where's the kennel? Court, you did not already. Oh, wasn't that the end of the song? Great. It's great. <laughs> The song ends, basically, and Court's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go ahead and finish. 
It happens so, so quick. It's like simultaneously. Yeah, like the cord is pulled, the power goes out, she jumps up and she's like, oh, and then she's like, Court, you didn't. And he's like, the song was over. The song was over. Yeah, so, you know. I thought that was the end of the song. Yeah, so, Court, you know, he's, He's he, he he got what he wanted. Well, you know, she didn't. So, as he's driving... I don't know where, like, he starts hearing high-pitched yells and screams, and she's in the bathroom. I know it's just the door, but it, honestly, it looks like the whole side of the bathroom, the RV, is, like, banging up. Yeah. There is nothing that a female could be doing alone in a room that would be pleasurable where she would need that much momentum to get anything going. There's I a lot happening. I don't know. No, I can promise you. There's yeah. nothing. And in, and, alone, absolutely not. And in Court's mind, he's like, man, she's... She's just getting off really well, hard. Well, at first he asks her if she's sorry. <laughs> taking a dump, babe? <laughs> he starts hearing more yep. yelps and stuff. Yep. And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's just feeling it. like a perfect night for him and then shit hit the fan it's one of my favorite segments i just want to let you guys know for me this probably says a lot about my feelings of the movie because those are my two favorite characters my notes get very small from here on out so Wait. i apologize oh the the caretaker was your favorite character along with court court <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so when they both left i was kind of you put out i was dying on the inside so like i said my notes will be probably sp sparse from here on out but you guys we'll interject. We'll interject. All right. Meg and Tommy go for a ride. Uh, Tommy gets a head full of Meg's crotch. Uh, can you believe how much he's in heaven? Two close-up shots of Meg's crotch. Tommy is deep in there. Harry turn. <laughs> so uh, the character Paula, um, like I said, things get random for me from here so on out. So Paula's the redhead. Paula's the redhead. Uh, sh uh, she bites the dust. Jason. Hold on. You skipped over, like, I, was I did, a sissy? So. Yeah. She gets like she gets a brutal kill. Like her head gets twisted oh, off. Oh, right. Actually, I have that written down. I'm I sorry. You missed something. You skipped I, your notes. I did skip my notes. So okay. let's just go back you? for one second before all the crotch shots. Sissy. <laughs> uh, I did mention Sissy. She has a great outfit. Um, so Sissy kind of looks like she's very. She's Lisa Turtle adjacent, but yeah, right. she mm -hmm. nobody Lisa, Lisa Turtle. Turtle. Mm -hmm. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so she has a great outfit. Describe that good. outfit, known. Well, she has like some kind of crop top, sports jersey type thing, and she wears some suspenders and a nice pair of sweats. She See, looks to me, good. It feels very much, and there's kind of a a couple of nudges at like other things. The little girl waking up saying she saw a scary man in her dreams. It definitely sounds like they're talking about Freddy. Well, Freddy. her name is Nancy. Her name's Nancy. Sissy with her crop top. It's very reminiscent of Johnny Depp's wardrobe. Uh, Sissy, uh, she gets a rough end, so, uh, she dies. She gets that head twisted around. She truly got turned. 
So that's what I got for that. All right. Then uh, came all the crotch stuff, which I talked about earlier. I'm not going to go over that again. Uh, Paula bites the dust. Jason busts up that head. Her death. Yeah. Her, again, it, it cuts away. Mm-hmm. So really, we just see the aftermath. That whole room is covered in blood. It kind of looks like... What is it? Mary Kelly? Mary Riley? No, Jack the Ripper. The yeah. whole room's covered in blood. Oh. So that murder in particular. So Paula, it's like, here's something. She turns around. So he slashes her, and then he slams her out a window and then pulls mm-hmm. her back in. It's like she's already dead, clearly. Yeah. She goes completely limp. Really having a bad night at this point. Yeah. Like... He was so frustrated. A lot of times murderers, part of that is they're <laughs> impotent, mm-hmm. and they're pissed about their dicks. It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Save the children, cop man. So, uh, the, uh, you know, the police and our sheriff come try to save all these children from the, the terror that has uh, taken upon this camp. Uh, Jason slays a few cops. Uh, in fact, he kills all of them except the sheriff. He's our only cop left. Shotgun sheriff versus Jason. <laughs> Do you like that shot of whenever Sheriff Garris and... Jason are just standing there, and the wind kind of blows against his curly hair. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's just silence. Yeah. Jason's just standing there. He's not doing the big King Hotter big chest. He's just standing right. still. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's taking, uh, before I go on, do you want, Stacey, do you want to talk about your, uh, your love of the why sheriff. you enjoy the char- sheriff character so much here before I talk about his demise? I like him because I think he actually has an arc in this film. It, it's not a big arc. I, th- I think it's cool that he goes from being kind of the dickhead, like... Wise-ass cop. You know, by the time you get to here, you get that turn of, like, oh, this dude is, like, trying to do the best thing for his community, and he's just concentrated on saving these kids. You know, once he hears his daughter is there, then he sacrifices himself to save his daughter. I, I think it's a good arc, and I also think this dude's line delivery is very solid. I... I don't know. I just, I really like this character. I think it works for this type of movie. The scene where, which Nolan, you're getting to, so I won't go into his death, but his death is like the most brutal in the film. After that, you get Megan running around and it's being a, she's 18, 19, Mm -hmm, she's a kid running around and she's, she tries to act really like an adult and she's trying to act calm in front of the kids that are in the camp. And she's like, it's fine. I'm going to go get my dad. We'll be okay. Being scared in a situation where you're just yelling for your... But you're not, like, yelling dad. You're yelling daddy. It's like, in him dying in such a... Just a horrible way. And not to put too much pathos, because it's it's still a Friday the 13th film. But it is a very sad thing. Yeah. So I will give you that, that his death is sad, and that she's following it up, screaming for her father, and he's not there. All I've got to say is Sheriff bites it hard. Jason gives his body a new shape. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. If you were a camp counselor, okay. having to watch over these kids, yeah, is that your worst life? I mean, yeah. You hate outdoors. I, I get allergies quite frequently. I hate bugs. I hate... Social skills with, like... Children. No, I, I mean, I would have been fired, but first off, the only way I would have ever been a camp counselor is if it was forced upon me. Like, I would have never done it, like, voluntarily. Even if I was getting paid, I, that wouldn't have been a, a summer job for me, no. Like, that would be your worst life. Wouldn't be great. You'd rather be a lifeguard. I mean, I don't swim well, so I, 
I don't know if I would have done that either. Camp counselor with a cabin full of reds or lifeguard on a shark infested beach. You would never save anybody. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess a counselor full of reds. <laughs> That's no. your preferred occupation. I mean, yeah, I mean, in the other choice, someone's going to die or me. So, I mean. What? Camp counselor, you can die. I mean, well, the movie we're talking about. <laughs> the one is certain death. There's not a Jason in every, you know, summer camp. That's true. There's not a shark on every beach. You said it was a shark infested. You did. I, say I did. That. Say, I'm not gonna make it either way. You think you die either way? And probably people are gonna die under my watch as well. So yes, uh, sheriff. Sheriff. Uh, he doesn't make it. So next we have basically our climax of the film. That's what I've got anyway. We have the underwater death match between Tommy and Jason. Uh, you guys can talk about that if you want the to. The whole idea is that the lore of this film is that the only way to get rid of him is to basically put him back on his home ground, which is the lake. You know, Camp Crystal Lake, which is mm-hmm. Forest Greens. Right. The know, forest, true, yeah. mm-hmm. true identity. Mm-hmm. So the idea Camp Blood. Camp Blood. So mm-hmm. the whole idea is to put him in the lake, you know, with this chain wrapped around the anchor, the rock, and uh, he'll just stay in his lake like a Cute little it's not very Where well thought to. out. Tommy never, he's not the because smartest uh, the Jason tool out there. Jason was in his grave, like just just maggot infested. Oh, and all of this is Tommy's fault. Yeah, Tommy did it. He's not the sharpest tool, that's what I was going for. Alright, we're ready to end this thing. <laughs> yeah. Meg gets a revenge. Troll motor, death. Tommy lives. How do you feel that Tommy's in a third of these movies? I mean, I'm alright with it, I guess. Uh, He's not the most compelling character, though, yeah? He's, he doesn't do a lot for me other than four. So. I guess at this point, is it, what, a fourth of these movies? Yeah. Do you think it's weird that this franchise is stalled at entry number 12? How do we not get a 13th entry? It'll oh, happen. Fair question. Yeah. I mean, I like that remake a lot. I'm excited for... I think we're in the minority of liking that remake. It's not, like, my favorite thing, but I like it more than Freddy vs. Yeah, it's one that I'm sure we'll go over because I think it's middle tier. It's fine. I have just seen it once. It was in theaters, and that movie opened huge. That's why it's so surprising. This movie, they haven't done another one because that movie was huge. Freddy vs. Jason had a huge opening, and the Friday Thirteenth remake had like I think it opened at like forty or fifty million. It was something stupid. Like the Nightmare remake, did it open well? Didn't do as well as Texas Chainsaw or Friday. Yeah, that's fair. And that movie, Nightmare Remake, is way worse than those two. We don't have to talk about it. Well, the main thing I have to say, and we already talked about it, but the ending of this movie just would have really been a lot better for me is if we would have Court. Mm -hmm. Just to picture it, Court swimming out, him jumping in, he's got his tank top, it's already like soaked to his chest, Mm -hmm. and he's just trying to get Tommy. That's right. He pulls him up, his hair is soaked, he's got that eyeliner on. Oh yeah, got his little earring. Yeah, it's dangling, Mm -hmm. and he's just trying to save his true love, Tommy Jarvis, pull him out of the water, and he just rips into Jason's skull. He'd probably say something really funny and witty. Because he's just got those quips constantly mm-hmm. at the ready. And then he, you know, literally carries Tommy yeah. out of the 
onto the shore. It really would have. It would have been so good. It, 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 it would have made this movie you like. You end it with a dancey track. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Might mm-hmm. I say from a more realistic standpoint of like the filmmaking process, after seeing like how good he was in just like his nonsense mumblecore, how did he not get another scene of him just going on like a weird 30 second tangent about tangent, uh, like a derivative? He's so good in this movie. Like his line delivery is really good. He, it is surprising yeah. that Court is not utilized more in the film. No, I would have kept him. He is very good. I would have kept him. I would have moved his death till later having the set piece of the RV and stuff, but it's like, I feel like you could have just put one of the girls in that and, like, with the dude. Or just, yeah, a random dude. Tom McLaughlin wanted to have 13 kills. The studio wanted him to add more. So the couple on the moped that get stabbed through, that's kind of like a reference to part two. Mm-hmm. That was added, and the death of the uh, grave, you know, the caretaker, that was added to, to bring the kill number. count up. From my understanding, he did, like, three different takes of all the kills to, like, appease the MPAA. Purposely didn't include nudity because the idea of horror movies being a um, a parable for safe sex practices and things like that, he didn't approve of. So he thought including nudity, you know, with death would be detrimental. That is kind of... That's a very woke reason to not include nudity. Yeah. Where you're just like, one, no. Like, that's not why these kids are getting killed. Right. This is just an evil entity that just keeps coming and coming and coming. That narrative for the genre is kind of built off of Halloween. Yeah. And carried through the, through the genre, through the years. What are some final thoughts on this film? I enjoy watching this movie. It's not one of my personal favorites. It's kind of like in the middle for me. I, I respect how funny it is. You guys and the audience know that I really respond to comedy. So there's just things about it that I personally do miss the, the the gore scenes just because they have some what looks like could be like really well done gags yeah. and and kills. It looks that, like someone on set yeah. really worked like to do yeah. some really mm-hmm. cool effects and we don't get to see yeah. it, which is a bummer. And the other thing that it, this is usually not like that big a deal for me, but for some reason this one like... The kids, I know, like, other than Court, which I really do enjoy him a lot, but really nobody else really stands out to me. And, yeah. like, he dies kind of fast. So that that kind of tears it, brings it down a little bit yeah. for me. So, you know, it's an okay. It, I, I enjoy myself. It's just not one of my personal favorites. But uh, my last words will say, uh, you know, Court, you should have been an all-star. You're robbed. I love you. Probably, it, I would say it's more to the middle, but it's it's still, especially just for that intro and how I think it's a very smart film. And I do really like the Tommy Jar- Jarvis films, even though I don't really, I'm not attached to that character in any way, even in four. It's, it's more just, I just think it's so well shot. It's so funny. I don't know. I really, I do like it a lot, but... I there are plenty of others that I, in the series that I like so much more. I mean, my favorites are definitely two, three, four. So you know, it's it it would be on the maybe top five. It but it's pretty close. It's more you know, it's I guess it's pretty middling. But it's I like it more than you do, not sure. as much as you do, Stacy. I think that the even numbers are the best, mm-hmm. and two is my absolute favorite, with four being very close. 
And six would be right behind those. I I really like this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think just in form, I, I understand what you guys are saying because there is there is fun to be had with like, you know, that basic formula and the kills and such. But I think in form, like this movie's trying to do a little bit more than some of those older films are. And I think it's trying to speak on the genre. And I think because it's such an early example of postmodernism in a popular horror franchise, I, I think that elevates it for me. I do find the movie to be very funny. And I do like all the referential bits. I love the Alice Cooper. Man Behind the Mask. Yeah, Man Behind the Mask. Like that for me... That is as good as the Dokken song from for Nightmare oh, Three. I I like it more. That's not that's very unpopular opinion, but I <laughs> I like Alice Cooper more. So the use of that song throughout this film and Teenage Frankenstein, mm -hmm. it's very good. Alice Cooper's his involvement in horror during this time period, like eighty six, eighty seven, you know, with Prince of Darkness. He's great. Is Prince of Darkness really fucking too. awesome. There's something about this film that I just really like. I think a lot of it is with. That postmodernism and that sheriff character. I really like the sheriff character. I like the tongue and cheekness. It's yeah. a fun film. Do you want to do some categories and then... Let's go for it. All right. I'll go ahead and go first. So my... I would say the low for me is definitely the gore. And I'm not a big gore hound. Like, by any means, I do appreciate well-done effects, practical when they can be. And it's because there are these little glimmers and like glances where it looks like there's something really cool happening that we just didn't get to see and that, that probably is to like appease the MPA or mm, whatever but sure. it's I don't know it's it's just a bummer that's the the lowest point for me um I still think it's really enjoyable it's it, it's just a bummer it's not yep. it's not overall detracting but it is odd I would say if you watch this back to back with if you did through all the Tommy Jarvis films, I feel like this would be very jarring of like, oh, this is weird that it keeps cutting away from everything. Like the second something violent happens, you just see right. like blood splatter against a wall or a curtain or something. It's odd. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say my high point, it's probably the opening. I think that opener is so good. I love everything in the graveyard. I love the way the him the like the lightning hitting him the eye opening all of it just looks so cool i think it's it's a really good sequence i like it i love that it immediately the music's so good and then it goes into that james bond intro it's just so it's so tight and good um and mm -hmm. the jason looks super gross like the, they had actual like bugs and stuff on that mask it's really nasty looking and then my comedy gold is 100% court explaining how a young mm. boy in a tribe could find his chief father with the rocks. Yep. It's so good. It's like a 30 second thing. And I do wish we got more from court. Absolutely. He's the best. He's so funny. I'm going to say for my high, I'm going to put the court RV sequence for big set pieces. Because this is the first film in the franchise to really go for... A bigger set piece kill it's really cool i like the death of the the hookup face in the rv court's death is pretty cool and just jason standing on top of the rv is awesome mm -hmm. at the end of that the sequence is really impressed too like the whole flipping of the mm -hmm. rv it's really cool and the music being used during all that as far as the low point goes like melanie said i'm gonna say the gore 
I, the MPAA was unnecessarily mean with how they edited these films. It, it's disappointing considering if genre films from that time, like Aliens, is way gorier than this movie. The Fly, Cronenberg's, is exceedingly fucked up compared to this. So well, something like Predator and like oh yeah, they're... Predator I think is uh, Predator same year isn't it? And and I think it's just in action films are way more violent than these horror films were. And I think it's just how the MPA readed these films and were so like it was subservient like... to Christian groups and stuff to where they wouldn't let these films go out without cuts. Well, I really, I honestly think I, this is such a cynical view, but I feel like. All good American men, they love an action film. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we can't take away their guns, we can't take away their freedom, yada, 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 all that stuff. So it's like, action films, leave it alone. But horror films, those are more for teenagers mm -hmm. and kids and mm -hmm. stuff. So it's like, right. we're going to go after this shit. Unless it's made by games. James Cameron. Exactly. Or unless it's made by, you know, Cronenberg, yeah. where, you know, it's an art film. Or like, uh, Blue Velvet's the same year, yeah. which is way more fucked up. Yeah, and... Weird sexual, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of implications there, but as long as it's an artist making the movie, according yeah. to but slasher films constantly just got the the real sloppy end of the deal. So that would be my low point. The kills are a little PG in this. Um, as far as laughable moments, I agree with Melanie on court speech, but since just to be different. There is a child at the end sequence wearing some Master of the Universe pajamas that I really dig. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's a wholesome make them laugh. That's right. Very nice for all the nasty. Of course, it doesn't really make much sense in the 1990 timeline that we're supposed to be living in. I don't know how cool Masters of the Universe was in 1990. Well, that I, was seven years past its prime. I had some hand-me-down uh, pillowcases and like a t-shirt master of the universe from my older brother so had they been forward thinking it would have been ninja turtles yeah for true. 90 and nolan could have had us maybe some mario for mm -hmm. the memories he doesn't have right poor childhood what do you got known all right so uh for my high uh not to be redundant but i am with stacy it is the rv scene everything about it court his lady the kills the laughs, they're all there. Brilliant. So the passion. Good. The passion, yeah. The drive. Just great stuff. Uh, my low point, well, it ties in with basically everything I've said already. Uh, the early deaths of the Gravedigger in court. I mean, my personal two favorite characters, they don't make it very long. feel like if they would have stayed longer, things would have been better for me. They Thank didn't, you. you know, that's what it is. So... I, I was sorry to see them go. And my uh, comedic gold here, my my make them laugh moment, uh, obviously the gravedigger's death, killed by the drink, like he always knew he would be. It really got me. Anybody have any final thoughts? Uh, All this movie. Time. It was a fun time. It's a good movie. Yeah, I, I would recommend, or if you want, there is another Friday the 13th that has a very big anniversary this year so part two yeah. 40 40 years so i would say Hot damn. that'll probably be the one that i'm gonna watch this year it's been a minute and yeah. i really love that one love me some jenny so all right 
My Mary Fuck Hill. I said I was going to exclude him, but I'm actually going to give you what you want. Thank one you. Small one. So it's Court, the Gravedigger, and Jason. Oh, man. Yeah, you got to make some choices. <laughs> this is tough. This is tough. Do you need a minute, or you, you want Stacey to well, go first? Well, yeah. Stacey, you go first. This is really tough for me. <laughs> I'm going to marry Court because... I think that he has a go-getter energy that I think he, like he's not only going to provide for us, but like he just has that fuckboy energy that like he falls into lucky situations. Yeah, like I think that like he's going to be rich no matter what, and I also think I'm going to be sexually fulfilled every single day of my life, right? Well, you understand his needs and his wants, right? I get it. Like, not all of us are 10 minute men, and that's fine. And I get that. And I can go with that court. <laughs> I'm going to say, for my fuck, I'm going to fuck Jason. Oh. Here's the thing do not, if you. He's been in the grave for a while. Yeah, maybe there's some smells. I don't like that. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes we don't like all the smells that, you know, happen in life. You're going you're gonna to be able to. To get that thing going down there with all that, with all I'm gonna that try. Okay. I will say I'm very sensitive to smell, so I I don't know if that is. I am too. A good option. I just, here's the thing. I know Jason's. He's gonna be strong. I'm gonna hope for the best for you. He's gonna be strong, and um, I think it's gonna work out. Okay. So you're. Killing I'm gonna kill the grave digger, mm. and here's why. God should have done it long ago. Okay. That's that that he's past his expiration date. <laughs> Starting to get mold on that bread. I'm really upset. He's the right smelly now. cheese. I don't like that. At he's all. the milk that turned to cottage cheese. I'm gonna drown him out. So I am effing court. The thing is, as you said, I mean, he's not much of he, he may not last very long, but like probably neither will I. So I mean, look, we're just gonna we're gonna get our fix and it'll be fun and I don't have you know I can maybe see him here and there, you know, like once in a oh, while yeah, we'll meet yeah. up. We'll, yeah, you know. That last weekend. Hit it and quit it type mm-hmm. thing, but we'll keep in touch, you know. Okay. Um, I'm marrying the gravedigger. He's my guy. I mean, maybe he'll make it where I do want to start drinking heavily and we're just going to live life. You think that's an appeasing <laughs> lifestyle? I mean, at this point in the world we're in, you know, and we're just going to get really mad at kids that... You know, mess mess with, your... mess with the graves. Wait, are you gonna go into the family business? Are oh, you gonna yeah. dig graves? I'm gonna be that grave digger. I mean, yeah. I may like make lemonade for us. Like, I may not do much of the heavy work. Wait, but <laughs> no. How many lemonade stands at a cemetery do you <laughs> see? Well, I'll be the first, if not the last. <laughs> You're living on that cemetery grounds. Yeah. Uh, look, he's made it that far without being cursed. As far as like, you know, no zombies are getting him. You know, no demons out there. Except he does die by a zombie, but yeah, fair. That's true, until shit hit the fan. So, you know, that's all right. So, anyway, he's my boy right there. And then I'm going to attempt to kill Jason. He's a zombie, so I don't know how well it's going to work out. But I'm going to try my best. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, Maybe I'll be more successful than uh, Tommy. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But I'm going to try. I think you stand an all right chance. So, that's that. Fuck the grave digger. What? I can't. Like, I, you know, because I think before, I, whenever we did Jason X, I'm pretty sure I picked him as my F 
or my Mary. I can't Jason? Remember. Yeah, Jason uh-huh. X. I did. Right. Now that's because I can... He, not, he got an upload. He got an upload. Mm. He looked good. He was tight. I can't deal with this this Jason. So I, I can't do that. So he's my only option. I'm going to fuck the gravedigger. I'm going mm-hmm. to marry Court. Nice. I agree with you. I think that he's got that... He is so charismatic and he's got that charming... Just dopey quality that he's gonna run he's, into success. He's going to end up being a CEO for something, or at least like the go to guy right under the CEO yeah. for sure. Like he is he's going got that charm. So here's my idea is mm-hmm. I think that I could be a final girl and that I what is that face? No no no, you you're gonna kill Jason. I'm killing Jason. Like I'm taking this. my husband. There was a moment mm-hmm. of weakness where I was scared I fucked the gravedigger. Yeah. He'll, he'll forgive you. I mean, it's not like... I imagine during your confession of fucking the gravedigger, Court's not even listening. Uh, I'm sorry, what was I listening yeah, to? Yeah, he's like, yeah, I fucked the gravedigger too. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that guy was crazy. He just takes mm-hmm. out dead bodies, super metal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. So that's what I would do personally. I think these are solid choices. Yeah. Nolan, do you want to take us home? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope everyone out there has a good Friday the 13th holiday. Be safe. Make good choices. Yeah. Watch a Friday the 13th film, preferably this one, so you can, you know, listen to our episode and uh, enjoy yourself. I disagree with you guys. Listen to this. Be fucking metal. Watch some of these movies. Make nasty choices. Okay. Well. What would Court do? With that being said, this has been fun, guys. It's been a great episode. Until the next venture, uh, this has been Cinema Parlor. You can find us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify. Anywhere where you find your podcasts, you can find us on Twitter at Cinema Parlor. Uh, also, it would be nice if you feel obliged to give us some ratings, reviews. I don't care what you say. Say something about us. And if you do, I will read it on air at some point. So if you feel like that, cool. Uh, you can find me personally on Letterboxd at Chuck Madden Jr. Letterboxd, S-Glover84. You can find me on all social media werewolf all right and uh you know we'll see you guys here in a couple weeks and uh we'll have something lined up and ready to go Mm -hmm. so you know with that peace goodbye Goodbye. i almost said peace out girl scouts i would have liked that one